The underdog is howling. This is Stanford Steve and the Bear. Ah, yes. A home team getting points. What's better than that? All right, it's week four. Um, Good week last week for us. Three and three. Felt like I left a lot of meat on the bone, though. That's what week four is for. Exactly. Got that. Um, Just some housekeeping. You'll be out in Eugene. I want to get some travel itineraries. You got anything to throw at me? That's always not no pun, but that's the bear of the college game day trip. We've got some scenarios that we'll get into later. I'm sure everybody's dying at home to to find out about what my my weekend travels are. I got I'd say five picks. I got a couple leans. I think I want to ask you about too at at the end of this, but. I wanna I wanna bring in our our guest this week. Um, it's Bruce Feldman who covers the sport better than anybody I know. He's been a friend for, of ours for a long time. We welcome in Bruce Feldman. You read him on the Athletic. You see him on Fox on Saturdays on the sideline. Most likely where there's thunderstorms expected. Um, with that being said, he is in Austin. I was there last week, and we dodged a thunderstorm. So. Uh, Bruce, first of all, welcome in, and second of all, bring your rain jacket. I am very excited about this podcast. I feel like I made the big time now. I got uh, two homegrown, iconic college football guys. Can't beat that, and I, I will probably drag out the bad weather because that seems to happen when our crew gets out there. Uh, love your crew. Actually, think I've told you plenty of times. I think you are the A crew there. Um, people get mad at me when I say that, but I, I, that's what I feel. Lady um, Quinn and Joe Davis will not get mad when you say that. Please make sure make sure you tell them that. All right, I, I can't get to those guys. Those guys are that. those guys are too too big time. Uh, numbers not allowed. Um, we will get to your turkey burger portion of the of the podcast a little bit later, as that's been making the rounds with your love of of the of the burgers of turkey. But let's dive um, right into it. You you've been a voice. You know, obviously, when you work back here, and you know our favorite guy always, you know, when it comes down to riding and coaching and uh, all the inside, you know, scoops of the sport. But with you living on the West Coast, and I don't want this make this East versus West, and you know, you know the 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 narrative about us supposed people back here in, in Bristol. But when I look at the latest AP poll, you know, I look at Auburn losing, you know, dropping two spots as they lose as a ten point favorite at home. As opposed to looking at Washington, what happens when they lose to Auburn and they drop, I think it was 10 spots. But all eyes this week will be on Oregon and Stanford. It's two Pac-12 North teams. When you look at the Pac-12, especially the North right now as a whole, do you think these teams are getting credit for how good they are? Not really, but look, I live on the West Coast. I've lived out here for almost 20 years, and there's a reason why it is. I mean, they were awful in the bowls last year. When your flagship school, which has been USC, when they get drilled by Alabama, when they get embarrassed by Notre Dame, when they play like they did against Ohio State in the, in the, in the Big Bowl uh, last winter, I think when those things happen head-to-head, when it's your flagship school and you have all these other like little you know, separate matchups that, that happen in addition to the bowl uh, record, your credibility is hard to build back up. They desperately needed Washington to go across the country and beat Auburn. Now, they weren't embarrassed in that game, but they didn't win it. And I just think when you see USC struggling, you see some of these other, other things that happen, 
it's hard for people to buy back in. It just, it just is. And it, it, one game is not going to do it, but they need some good things to happen. And I, I think right now, I think Oregon has some talent. I love Justin Herbert, but I don't know what to make of them yet. I mean, we got your alma mater against USC, and I was impressed by what I saw from Stanford. I think they're a really good team, but really, you know, a really good team versus, you know, what it is in the SEC where I feel like there might be five teams that could be as good, if not better, than the best team in the Pac-12. That's tough. I mean, it's just tough to work around all that. You mentioned Washington. I was actually real coming off the Auburn game. I was like, you know what? They probably they very easily could have won that game. And I'm like, you know what? They'll get better from here on out. I would, if I'm a Washington fan or a Pac-12, I would be concerned after watching that performance in Salt Lake. I I know it's a hard place to play, and Utah's a good defense, but there's something going on offensively that they just don't look right. Yeah, you know, I'm going to throw an analogy at you, and I'm curious what you think, just because we're both Miami guys. Mm. And I feel a lot like Jake Browning kind of reminds me of Ken Dorsey, Mm. where he doesn't, you know, he's a smart guy. People respond to him as a leader. He was really good as a sophomore, and I'm not sure how much better he got from there. You know, and he obviously didn't have much of an NFL career. And I don't know if people look at Jake Browning as as much of an NFL guy, arm strength-wise and everything. But you look and you just see he definitely, you know, I don't feel like he's made significant strides. You know, he's a good quarterback. He's, He's very good. But they have young receivers around him. The offensive line, you know, seems like it's banged up. And I thought they would have been better. We, we have them next week home against BYU. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still think they're the best team in the Pac-12, but I don't think – I thought they were a team that was ready to make some noise in the playoff, and I just don't see it. I, I mean, I think they're very good, and I think they're really well coached, but I just don't know if they have enough firepower to, to, to really challenge great teams. And, and the team in the North that a lot of people think – could challenge them. Oregon, since Marcus Mariota left, they're thirteen and fourteen in the Pac twelve, eight and six at Autzen, three and eight versus ranked teams. They're a home underdog this week against ranked Stanford. You are going to be in Austin, where is an unranked team, unranked home dog against a ranked team. There are nine of them on Saturday. I'm going to include Virginia Tech and Old Dominion just because I have to. <laughs> but you got Michigan State and Indiana, Notre Dame at Wake, TCU at Texas where you'll be, Mississippi State at Kentucky. Clemson, Georgia Tech, Georgia, Missouri, Wisconsin, Iowa, BC, Purdue. I'm going to set the over/under at two and a half of those road teams, road ranked teams to unranked team lose outright. You going over two and a half or under two and a half? Uh, I'm going to go over two and a half. There's one pick I, I like really quite a bit out of that, and that's Wake Forest to knock off Notre Dame. Mm. I know that you know Wake Forest, BC's quarterback looked phenomenal last week. Wake Forest is shaky on defense. I do like what Dave. There's a lot, first of all, there's a lot of familiarity in those staffs yep. uh, because Brian Kelly's got some defensive coordinators the last couple of years, both both from from uh, Mike Elko and now the one he has now, who are Wake Forest guys. I think that. Wake Forest's big issue is they're not really good against the pass. We saw that. I'm not sure how good Brandon Winbush is. I know he's got a strong arm. I know he's smart. He can run, but he's just so inconsistent. One touchdown, four picks so far. And if you look at what he did last year, home versus road, uh, his TD interception ratio in South Bend was really good at home, at home and really bad on the road. 
So I think Wake, Wake Forest has a good chance to knock them off. The rest of the way, I mean, Iowa-Wisconsin feels, after last week, feels a lot more manageable. I could see, like, I keep waiting for Purdue to, uh, to rise up, and mm. it hasn't happened just yet. But I don't think, I think they can play with BC, certainly. And so if you're giving me, like, two other upsets in addition to the Wake Forest one, I mean, my game you know, TCU just played a, a, a really talented Ohio State team. There could be a hangover effect from that. Um, you know, and, and Kentucky is a lot better than they've been in the last few years. They're playing with confidence. I mean, I don't think they're going to beat Mississippi State, who I think is really good. Uh, yeah, I feel good. The only I'm not picking Georgia Tech to beat Clemson or anything <laughs> like that. Mm-hmm. You know, but I can see I could see four four of those nine happening. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I want to uh, go back to a, 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 a team that you saw earlier this year, and that's Oklahoma. And I'm, I'm not afraid to admit, like, I was totally wrong. Like, I didn't think it would be this easy. Uh, I know they haven't played the best competition, but I look at how smooth they made the first two weeks look, and then to go in a really tough place, I think, you know, in, in Ames, and, and do that and put up what they did, I, 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 I'm – I'm I don't know what else to say about Oklahoma like they've blown me away and how easy they've made it look. Do you think it's two parter I'll go I want to ask you about Lincoln Riley in the second half but do you think they have an easier path in through the Big 12 this year than they did last year? I don't because of literally where the path has to go. You know, I I think the next two best teams in the in the Big 12 are West Virginia who I really like uh-huh. and TCU and they got to go to both of them. And they okay. got to go to West Virginia late in the year. I think that's asking a lot. Now, look, to me, West Virginia, if they, you can say this about a lot of teams, they have to stay healthy. At West Virginia, yeah. it is critical that, like, I feel like whatever your, you know, VORP or whatever that baseball term is, like, if, if something happens to Will Greer, it's really bad. And if they lose one of those two great tackles, it's a real problem. Mm-hmm. Or if David Long goes out again, you know, something like that. I think West Virginia is going to have a big drop off where a lot of other teams maybe could survive it a little better. But to me, that's the issue. Okay. When you look at, and I've, I've done a bunch of OU games over the years, they definitely have more than their share of athletes on defense. But for some reason, this is the first time it looks like they do. Yeah. That's exactly what I feel when I watch them. I'm like, wow, they're, they're, they're tackling in open field. Like they can do it. Um, but when you, you, I mean, you talk to more than, you know, and you talk to more people than anybody, NFL and college. Like, you know, you heard stuff about, you know, Stoops, you know, not having a problem, you know, handing it off to Lincoln Riley. And then, like, as the success goes, you, you know, then, it, you know, that's what happens nowadays. Like, all the other people come out, you know, about, I, I knew he was going to be this, you know, back when he was this. And, you know, wasn't he at East Carolina at one point? He was. Yeah. He was rough and McNeil brought him with him I, after, you know, he. He got to be leech. Well, he got to be Texas Tech's offensive coordinator when all the leech stuff happened in the bowl game. Beats I think Michigan State, and then Ruffin McNeil brings him with him, and he's just way. He's you know at the time he was twenty six, going on forty six, and yeah. I think that's just how he is. And like you would have to like when you talk about the next, you know, at the NFL level, like I look at what Pat Mahomes is doing with the Chiefs. Like, wouldn't Lincoln Riley be at the top of your list if you're an NFL team looking for a head coach? Yeah, I definitely think so. He is so smart, and when I see some of the stuff of that that not only what you just mentioned with with Kansas City, but what's going on out here with the Rams. Yeah, I mean he's just very confident play caller. When he got the job at OU, I remember a lot of people who are OU people were like, 
not happy about it because they look and go, he's just going to run the leech stuff and he's got two great running backs and he's not going to feed them enough. And you're going to see him just, you know, like it's going to be designed runs and, and how much is he actually where Baker's taken off? Those are going to count as runs when they're really not runs. And I feel like it was, it took a while till last year for people to buy in and go, okay, I get it. This guy is way smarter than we thought. He's not Mike Leach. He's, you know, he's, on, he's a, Kind of a Mike Leach 2.0 without all the non without nonsense without all the crazy stuff that goes in. Um, so yeah, he's really smart. Um, I think there's a handful of guys who now that the NFL seems to be kind of branching out and a little more open to some of the college elements, where I could see guys. Uh, you know, Jeff Brom is another one I could see. Eventually, mm-hmm. I'm surprised the NFL hasn't looked at. He's not winning a bunch of games this year, but I just think these guys are really, really smart offensive offensive creative guys and Lincoln is to me is at the top of the list there and my favorite thing about Lincoln is that you'll net you, you he never lets you know how smart he is like you mentioned smart like eight times there and like the way he is you never get it until you just you know you keep talking to him and you just watch what he does and then obviously the team with the success we have is is majorly due to his smarts which is just a thing I love that he doesn't talk about himself I think what's what's worth noting is you talk to any of those old leech guys who you know, we're 32 or 34, whether it was Sonny Dykes or Dana Holgerson or, you know, Clay McGuire or whoever, they were there. And Lincoln was the student assistant and everybody knew he was really smart. And maybe they didn't always love that about having that guy. They didn't necessarily trust it or whatever. And he is very self-aware. And I think he has matured a lot in that regard of, you know what, I, I may not have always handled things the right way by speaking up when I was the 21-year-old. Like, you know what, it's probably not the probably not the right way to do it. We all knew probably people we worked with in other facets of life when they were 22 and right out of school, and they might have been a little too smart for their own good, and people didn't always love it. But those a lot of those people ended up, you know, being really good in their careers. And I think Lincoln has 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 the self-awareness and the smarts and the maturity to kind of finesse some of that stuff. And now I think we're seeing something of the end product, and that's why we like Bob Stoops and Joe Castiglione were so comfortable mm-hmm. with them. The, the, the team that beat Oklahoma in the Rose Bowl last year, Georgia, number two in the polls right now, Alabama, number one. Uh, I know we have two months left to play, but I, I'm sitting here. I, I can kind of see the tea leaves lining up, and it, it – I see a real good chance we have number one Alabama, 12 and 0, number two Georgia, 12 and 0, SEC championship game, and a scenario where both teams make the playoff again. Uh, is that something that you could uh, potentially see as well? Yeah, I just think everything is kind of, it looks that way. I mean, they're so, they're built in similar images. I think from is, it looks really good. Now, people there can say, okay, well, they're not quite as good as they were. You know, last year because they don't have two running backs at that level where actually they had three, I guess, and you know the one of them is still there. I think that when you look and say, okay, well, the schedule is very, very manageable, and how that helps that they can kind of develop by the time they get to you know, have to go to LSU and where they're going to play a really nasty defense. Uh, you know, maybe they miss Roquan Smith a little bit. I mean, he's a great player, um, but who's going to test that till they get to Alabama? I'm not sure anybody will. And I don't think we'll, from what we've seen from, uh, from Kirby Smart and Mel Tucker's defensive coordinators, they've kind of been able to be vanilla in some of the stuff they've done at this point, and maybe they can, you know, unload it. The other thing that's un, that I feel like is vastly underrated with them 
their kicking game is phenomenal. Yeah. And, you know, if they get into close games, we're going to, we're going to see that. So I think they're really well positioned. I am curious to see what happens this weekend, just because, uh, you know, they could snuff out a lot of what, what Will Muschamp wanted to do at South Carolina a couple of weeks ago. They're going to face a really good quarterback this weekend with, with good tight end and good receivers and, I don't think Mizzou can hang with them for four quarters, but they could test them in a way that I don't think South Carolina maybe is, is wired to do. Um, again, I'm not picking this to be close to a upset or anything like that, but I just think we may find out a little bit more about Georgia, which is, which is a good thing. But everything I've seen, I mean, I've been so impressed with how, you know, what they've done there, especially, you know, especially with offense with, with Jim Chaney and, and, and uh, Sam Pittman helping Kirby Smart out. I think they have a real good identity of what they're doing, and Jay Fromm keeps impressing me. You're right. I've said this numerous times. That field goal by Rod Blankenship last year in overtime Mm. was the biggest clutch kick that is completely forgotten about. Bad stat and just absolutely drilled it. So Alabama won the game, so everybody forgets that kick. Georgia, Alabama both have to go to LSU. You know Ed Orgeron very, very well. We said at the time, it may, this just seems maybe so crazy that it might actually work. Two wins away from home over top 10 teams. Are, are we still buying LSU, or at some point, are they going to have to be better than 128th in the country in completion percentage and 111th in the country in, in uh, total yards? Is ultimately their offense going to have to make some plays here? It will, but, uh, you know, look, we're going to measure their stats. They've played – two of the best defenses in the country. It's not like there's a bunch of teams that have had your stat games all three weeks. They haven't. I think a big piece for them, and this is, I don't know how much they can keep this along, is no turnovers. Mm-hmm. So when you have, you know, when I talked to Ogeron on Sunday morning, he was like, when you got, I'm not going to imitate him, but when you got, <laughs> you know, a great kicker, great defense, and a really smart quarterback, and a lot of heart, you got a friggin' chance. And he's right. Uh, I think what, what people probably didn't give him enough credit for is, when you look at recruiting rankings, you know, whatever, whoever does it, whether it's 247 or ESPN or Rivals or whoever, on signing day, they only consider the, the high school and JC guys. What you never factor in is, and these guys count on take up scholarships, is the grad transfers, the transfers, and some of those, and they took a bunch of them. Mm. And those guys, whether it's the kicker from Worcester or, yeah. or, uh, or Terrence Alexander, who came from, from your alma mater, yep. or certainly Joe Burrow, those guys have been integral pieces in Huge. making them better. I mean, they have seven new starters on their offense who were not there when Les Miles was there. And I think they've responded well. But they're going to have three games in a row where they get, they get superpowers coming into, into Baton Rouge. If they win one of those three, I think it's a big plus. I think this team, and I've said this you know, in the summer, I think they were a year away from legitimately competing to be a playoff team because I think they'll be really good. Right now, I don't think they have enough firepower on offense. Joe Burrow is a more athletic version of Danny Etling, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but he doesn't have Darius Geis. He's a pretty good running back behind him in Nick Brosette. He doesn't have a great take-the-game-over running mm-hmm. back, whether it's Geis or Fournette. I, I do think as long as you have Dave Aranda, they're going to be in a lot of games. The question's going to be whether they get you know, any one of these three quarterbacks, Jake Fromm, Tua, Nick Fitzgerald, is their defense going to be able to force them into enough mistakes? Because I think they got to, to me, all those teams are, are uh, 
are just more efficient and more dangerous and more explosive on offense right now. We need to see some one of these young receivers for LSU step up and be a real difference maker because right now I think they're going to grind people out and they can do that for the most part. I don't think they can win all you know every game or five of the six against you know big big teams they have and it wouldn't shock me also if they stumbled somewhere along the way whether it was whether it was Florida or Ole Miss. I mean it's at Florida. I mean, I don't think LSU's margin for error is that great right now because of the way they're playing. Mm-hmm. So they could stumble at one of those teams before they even get there. Hold on, Tiger. A <laughs> uh, couple things on on Coach O. Obviously, you you wrote the book, The Meat Market, with you know when he was at Ole Miss, and you know you wrote about LSU this week, and I think he doesn't get enough credit for for trusting in himself. And like you talked about this week on your podcast, The Audible with Stu Mandel, and I, uh, you know, you know he. He trusts his evaluation process, and that that's huge, man. Like that's awesome that he has the confidence in it, no matter any. And that just shows he doesn't care what everyone else say, says about him. But I will ask: when you decide to either text or call Coach O, we know he's the king of saying the most with the least amount of words. So the, are his conversations shorter, or is his responses on text shorter? No, the conversation, both, both <laughs> you know, like the two coaches I probably spent the most time around are Mike. Oh Lee my God. They couldn't be more they opposite. Could not, they could not. <laughs> Mike Leach, you cannot get the, get off the phone. I mean, it could be a, you think you're getting five minutes and it's an hour and five. Whereas Ed Ogeron, you will get a bunch of stuff, but it never lasts longer than the time I leave my house to, to turn the car on. You know, it'll be rapid fire. Sunday morning, I'm st- I'm stuck with some some uh, travel issues, and I, I get a phone call, and I pick up the phone without saying hello, and it was just I got a team with heart, and it was like all of a sudden he kind of rolled into it, and um, you know, it's, yeah. I want to you know, know what he was talking, telling that security guard when he was walking exactly, to shake hands. Yes, that's the conversation oh. I want to know. Like, if we could ever have a lip reader on that one, man, that would be phenomenal because that guy is looking at him like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's a story. Like, I don't want to get too far down no, the road. No, go, the night go, please. The, the night before they're playing LSU, and this is when they are they are in the weeds. I mean, they're a three and eight kind of team, or whatever, or four and eight, and uh, or four and seven, and and he has Parade Jerry, who was a first round pick. I don't think yep. he did a ton in the NFL, but d- probably one of the last guys in the world you'd want to mess with, you know, or whatever. Just he was as strong as a bull, defensive tackle. And he brings Perret up to the front of the defensive room. And he's, he's kind of like, tell him, starts telling the story. And you're like, okay, where's this going? I'm in the back of the room. And he's like, you know, you're the, you're the little brother. Perret's the big brother. And the Perret, I want you to lean on me. And Perret's kind of leaning on him. And Ed's a big dude. I mean, he, he probably still benches 315 a couple times. And he probably still does it, you know, like once a week. <laughs> anyway, he's like, Perret, lean on me. And he's like, Perret's leaning on him. And then he goes, you know, it's your little brother, and you're the little brother, and you're the little brother, and he's pushing your buttons. And, he's just, and then the next thing I know, and then all of a sudden one day you just go, not today. And he just jacks Parade Jerry up, and the whole room was like, oh, my God, what just happened? And, uh, you know, I think it just – that's him where it's like I could – I think when people didn't give him a ton of credit, the thing they don't realize is how good of a motivator he yeah, is. I saw that at um, USC. Holy cow. Yeah. I mean, you know, like they played your alma mater. Oh. With David Shaw's team was four in the country. Bear was a celebrity picker there. that week, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And chose well. And uh, so they end up 
they end up uh, they had one sub on defense mm-hmm. the whole game. I mean, this is the most physical team on the West Coast that you're going to play. And they had one sub for the entire game. And they beat a really good team when they didn't have much depth. And it was like, okay, this guy can get, you know, and this is why I think they may not, they probably won't cover the spread against this week against Louisiana Tech. When they are getting focused in and locked in, and it's a big opponent, nothing surprised me that they could go toe-to-toe with some team way more talented or way deeper than them because I've seen how he can get guys fired up. It's it's an underrated skill, and I'm not sure how much you'd see. Like, I don't think you're going to see the whole full camera in in there for, for what you get from him. Like, the all-access would be yeah. pretty fascinating, though. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> keep your eyes and on the CC Network for that. Not DJ. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so you mentioned, uh, and everyone, you know, you wrote the book with Leach, you wrote the book with, with Coach O., uh, before we let you go here, I wanted to do this like bracket style. All right. I wanted to get this out there. Okay. You and I, whenever we're in the same town, we try and get together for a meal, you know, mm-hmm. and a beverage. Um, but you have, you know, you like myself would love to just sit down and talk with these coaches. So I, I want this format. Okay. You get to pick the four one seeds. All right. Of college football head coaches to go have a beer with. So I call that like drinkability. Like, they get, you know, obviously they're going to have a beer, they're going to have some good stories, but not, you know, it's it's going to be the best time possible. So you get four one seeds. Who would you think? Uh, to me, Dana Holgerson is my Alabama on this deal. No question. You know, it's it's never going to be. It's going to be honest and and blunt and funny and you know whatever. He, to mm-hmm. me, he's a, he's the no brainer. Uh, Bears' favorite Pac-12 coach will also be a one seed out here, um, Mr. Kelly. I think, yeah, yeah, I think yeah so. he's absolutely. Got, he's, got, he's got he's got awesome stories. He is his perception. You get to see little bits of it in the press conferences yep. of his sense of humor. Like I forgot what he said after losing to to Oklahoma, oh. but. I mean, yeah, he blamed. Oh, yeah, he, he blamed wanted, Billy the Yankee at the Billy signing Dean, bonus yeah. for Kyler Murray wasn't big enough. Yeah, I mean, he's awesome with that stuff. Is, so yeah. it's definitely him. Um, you know, who Bielema would have been on this if he was still here. That, um, that was yep, going to be my answer. I was going to say it has to be a current head current coach. Power because, five. Because yeah, current power would have been Bielema. Yes. Um, you know what? It was very inter- interesting to me, and I've been around him at some of these. Uh, Pac-12 events is, uh-huh. is Chris Peterson. Wow, um, I think that would surprise some people because he's like a he's a deep thinker and he's interesting and he's got some good stories and he's kind of got a really dry sense of humor, much like Helfrich was. Yes, like they're very underrated socially. Like people were like, "Wow, Mark Helfrich is way funnier than I thought." Helfrich like, is yeah, awesome. He would never show that. Um, but uh, but as a one yeah. seed, no, no, no. Okay, uh, right. as a one seed, you know who is who is crazy um in a kind of good way uh nick rolovich yeah yep yep yeah but i, I wanted i, I wanted I, power five sorry yeah i don't know if nick rolovich is florida gulf coast when it comes to this deal. <laughs> <laughs> he probably is by the way they're actually really improved this year i, I just yeah. out that army that army game on saturday sure. i i thought they'd go east and, and get blown but they played great yeah, and look, I mean, I think going back, this is a little off the track, but I remember when he loses his grad transfer or his quarterback 
to Oklahoma State, Drew Brown. Yeah. Like a couple of weeks before that, he lost another quarterback because that kid thought Drew Brown was going to be there. And he was like, well, Drew Brown's my starter or whatever. And then all of a sudden he loses both of them. And now Cole McDonald, I don't know if his numbers are still like 14-0 and 0 or whatever, you know, TD to interception is, is pretty insane. And that guy's a really good coach. He's quirky and funny and, you know, he's a, he's kind of nutty on social media, but that's all a good thing. Yeah. Um, you know, Tom Herman's very kind of, uh, I don't know, I would be tempted to put Tom Herman in this mix. Yep. Okay. I think he's, he's I kind of a loose cannon. Okay. I'm in the loose cannon, and, and uh, I mean, I've seen a little of that. I've I've never been, a, I've never had beers with Mike Gundy, so I don't know. I think he would be high on the list. Um, you know, he's got some good stories too. Is G Pat Gary Patterson's got some yeah. some really cool interests off the field. He does. And... The beers part is separate, though. <laughs> but, like he's 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 entertaining. We have, our coaches' meetings with him are for a head coach. Like the the coordinator who is probably the most entertaining and the most blunt is David Gibbs from from Texas Tech. He yeah. will give you you know like, but for a head coach, GP will go all over the all over the map. Um, is good. I. Uh, what about Kings Kingsbury for the ladies factor? Oh, for what he might bring to the yeah. table. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. See? Come on, you got to stick outside the box here. I know. I James know. Franklin I, will I, talk to a to a person that's passed out. <laughs> I think um, you know what I would put up high on this list is uh, is Narduzzi. Okay, and he's he's another one okay. who's pretty much brutal, brutally honest. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> so you'll get you got the world according to Pat, and that's okay. <laughs> I, I, I would have loved, loved to have been around him after the uh, the Penn State game a couple of weeks ago. That that was that was Oof. a great. It was been a, a fun week of practice. Yeesh. Yeah, some of these guys I would I would be curious about because I've never seen them really let their guard down. Like the guy Scott Frost, I like a lot, and I think he's really smart. I've I personally never, you know, I think I was around him one night, like he and Matt Lubick are buddies, and I was mm-hmm. after a game maybe, but I really have never kind of, you know, I've never really seen seen him kind of let his guard down a little bit. So I can't say that. Um, How about Cutcliffe or Snyder? No. Sorry, okay. <laughs> I mean I think they're great coaches, but no, that's like I don't I don't have my club in, I don't have that club in my bag right now. <laughs> what about there. what about uh, Brom? I like Brom. Brom's yeah. funny, you know. I, I he would you know it's like one of those where I don't know if he would become the one C. You know, like Joe Moorhead is another one I would mm. put high on my list. I mean. The re- Joe Moore's the reason why I've used the word serendipitous for, for the first time in my life in the last year because of him. Like it's like you get smarter when you talk, uh, you know, when you talk to him. Um, I, but when it comes to like top ten schools, like I would like again, I would put Peterson in there. Yep. Because I, I've seen that side of him. Okay. I don't know. You know, I have a lot of respect for David Shaw and everything. I just don't know how much different he is. If, you know, I've sat next to him at dinners before, mm-hmm. and. You know, it's like to me the Dana part I really like because you get to, you know, it's it's not always it's certainly not PG. You know, it's just kind of like this is who he is, and I think no it's, it's entertaining, and you'll come away with stories. Mm-hmm. Um, when I when I've had these chip lives out here, when I've had these these you know over food or whatever, you you he you learn about a ton of stuff. You, you know, his mind is going in places that just are uh, he's just different. So. I mean, I just think he's, he's so so much of a, uh, you know, he's got a lot of perspective on things, and it's a, it becomes a smaller world to him. So 
I'd put him up there. But if I had to go four, I would go, I would go Dana. I would go Chip Kelly. I would go Chris Peterson. And I would either go Narduzzi or Joe Moorhead. Okay. All right. We got it done. Four one season, and uh, maybe down the road we can work on the two seats. <laughs> yeah, uh, you, might, you might need another podcast for that. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. We'll uh, get you out of here. Good, safe travels. And uh, we're always reading you. You can catch him again uh, on The Athletic. And his podcast is The Audible with Stu Mandel. Was it Stu and Bruce, or is your name first? Bruce and Stu. Uh, no, Stu put uh, it in his contract that if I if he was going to hire me, he had to have his name first. I had to refer to him as the boss once a week. You'd be surprised how like anal that guy can be. Oh, very good. Uh, thanks again, Bruce. My pleasure. Love you guys. Thanks. Football season's finally underway, and if you play fantasy football, the odds are you probably already hate your team and wish you could draft again. On FanDuel, you can draft a new team every week. Plus, FanDuel has never been more fun or easier to play. If you're not a fantasy expert, then FanDuel is clearly the place to play. FanDuel is something for everyone, and there are more ways to win than ever before. FanDuel's got a new tool called Guru to help you pick your lineups so you can make smarter picks and feel more confident going into game day. They've made it easy to find your friends and challenge them to play head-to-head contests for cash or for bragging rights. I mean, I would think if you had Patrick Mahomes on your team right now, you're loving life. The Bears defense on Monday night, just all over Russell Wilson. I'm sure that Mahomes and the uh, the, the Bears defense were key parts to a lot of winning lineups this week. Uh, my, my, my Jets, Sam Darnold, threw a big pick. Dolphins defense came up as well. So um, hopefully you can make some of those uh, lineup changes, those streaming picks, pick a needle out of the haystack in this week and get put yourself in the uh, in the winner's circle. New users get a $20 bonus when they make their first deposit on FanDuel. Come play with me at FanDuel.com backslash behind the bets. Now for what everybody comes to us for, hopefully. Uh, again, tell your friends uh, with the podcast name changing, Stanford Steve and the Bear. Subscribe. What do they say? Rate and review. Rate and review. Do those Listen, things. Download. Do it again number if you want. Seven, number seven last week, I was told. Yeah, I don't know how to do I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know either, but I'm, I'm told that's pretty good. Uh, I believe the exact quote was, wow, you guys are more popular than I thought you were. Whoa. That was, I, I, that was, was a wait, quote? Wait, 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 something along those lines. Documented. That, that was someone, someone tweeted, hey, you guys were number seven in the uh, in sports and rugby. A lot more people uh, listen than I thought, <laughs> All right, which, uh, which is good. Yeah. I take that as a positive. For sure. I'm going to get right down to it. I'm going to go to where you're going, game day. Uh, we're gonna. I want to talk about your travel plans at the end okay. of this. Okay. We got it. Yeah. This is... I'm trying to think of the, the 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 analogy, but the Oregon trip for college game day <laughs> personnel is the. It's, I want to say it, like I'm like no, climbing no, climbing no, what mountain? No, it, it it is the ultimate. It's the penultimate challenge. It's either two flights, two long flights, and a really long drive, or three flights. You've got you've got choices. But there's a huge. Swoosh in the middle if you take two flights. Or three stripes as oh, well. three stripes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right. We'll get on to that travel. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to Eugene. Um, and I I was in Texas last week, uh, as I mentioned last week, and it was awesome. Shout out to all the people down in Austin that made it as easy as possible. Uh, Coach Herman, uh, John Bianco, that crew, like they they set the standard when I got into this 12 years ago, 14 years ago of how to treat people and welcome people when you Bianca's come in. Bianca's awesome. 
and they 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 have been the wait. I mean, I hope you guys get there this year. The stadium upgrade is like it used to be. All right, yeah, loud, you know, country stadium. I mean, the music pumping in there now is is pretty pretty good, and they've upgraded that game day experience a lot. But I look at that last week as Texas needed a win in a national stage in prime time as bad as anyone needed one early in this year. And I think the same thing goes for Oregon this week. They've played three nobodies. Um, I'm sure they're sick of, of hearing about it. And I feel like they have more to prove. Herbert didn't play against Stanford last year. Stanford's coming in. You make what you want about the Bryce Love thing. Sat out last week. They looked putrid on offense without him in the first half against Davis. I don't think they've looked good on offense at all early this year. And it has to do with the with the combinations of guys up front. They they didn't have their center. Um, he's he's back now. But the issue with Stanford is the idea of how teams are going to try and defend Love in that ground game. And the way Stanford does it is that you know it's we could just say you know they count the box, all right. And San Diego State did a great job as they do. They they're very advanced defensively with the schemes they run and and trying to you know disguise stuff. And and they got Stanford a lot. I mean, obviously, our Sega Whiteside had a huge night throwing with Costello. SC stuffed them. I mean, Bryce had one long run or two long runs and got himself over a hundred. I just don't like what I've seen from this Stanford offense, especially up front. And now to go on the road in one of the best – it's going to be the best atmosphere Saturday in the, in the sport. Boston yes, Stadium would, yeah, Saturday night. There's no question. And I just don't think Stanford has the goods to score enough against them. I mean, the defense has been great, but they're they're getting back to what Stanford has been defensively if you take out last year. Um, they're they're more improved. But I just look at Oregon and the the opportunity they have here – and I look at Stanford in a huge spot because for them also is they go here and then they go to South Notre Bend Dame. next week and then they host Utah. But I think I, Stanford's a two point favorite. I really like Oregon to win this game. And it opened up Oregon. It, it, it's moved Oregon. Opened up like one one and a half, and it's come across. Uh, we hit on it with Bruce. I said if Oregon is going to be that Pac twelve North contender that a lot of people expected them and thought that they could be this year, this is a game they have to win. 13 and 14 since Mariota left Eugene uh, in Pac-12 games. Uh, only 8 and 6 at home. They'd lost 6 home games in the previous 8 or 9 years. Um, 3 and 8 versus ranked teams. Now you have number 7 team in the country on your home field after getting embarrassed by them the last couple of years. Uh, if, if they're going to make that leap, you're right. This is a game that they need to win. Yeah, I think it's big for Cristobal too with that fan base also in this spot. They used to own this own this man like we how many times did, i'd love to know the record that you guys have gone there oh we're the only pac-12 team we've been out to see more is, is sc but i mean when you factor in or like they lost you guys you know, the only the I, I believe 20, the, i believe the only game that oregon has lost with game day there was that game where they they should have been in the bcs championship game they yeah. they were the second best team in the yep. country behind alabama and earths with the touchdown the reversal mm-hmm. in a, a massive upset but no, that is a a wild environment, and we'll see if they get the win on uh, on Saturday night. I'm going to stay in the Pac-12 mm-hmm. for my first pick, and I'm going to I'm going to go to a game Friday night. Uh, it, oh, this is love it. this is love it. about oh. it, it is low as you're ever going to buy USC stock. 
Um, they're laying three and a half or four against Wazoo at, at the Coliseum. Everyone wants Clay Helton fired. The, mm. it, 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 turmoil. I, I think you got the revenge factor from last year, desperation, and the game last week. I know the final got out of hand, I was but, there. The, but the defense played pretty well. Yeah. It was twenty three fourteen midway through the fourth quarter. Block kick, block kick, return done, then garbage touchdown with yeah. a minute and a half to go. Uh, I know they got some injuries up front. Uh, Wazoo has been great. Uh, the the loss of Alex Grinch hasn't shown thus far. I thought it might show, but Clay's has done a great job at Wazoo. I just think Daniels is going to continue to get better. Uh, I think you're going to see more of a commitment to run the ball this week, which will maybe keep the SE defense off the field fresher against Wazoo. I guess I got revenge from that Friday night game last year that they lost mm. and kind of sent their season spiraling down. Uh, I, I like SC in the spotlight in the three and a half or four. I love it. Wazoo has not faced anything like the talent USC Eastern Washington, has on San Jose State, and Wyoming. And yeah, I'm with you. I think I think Carr Carr only had eight touches. Coming into the year, I thought he could be like the breakout Pac-12 player. I mean, he's electric. Yeah, and like, there's not a lot of kids that have what he has. So I and then St. Brown is as good as anybody. Pittman Jr. and the tight ends just feel weird to me at, with SC. But I feel like Daniels is going to have guys that are way more open than they have been the last couple weeks against Stanford and Texas. Those are two legit defenses. Uh, I I love that that pick. I just I didn't give it away because I kind of. I get weird. I don't do well when I give those weeknight games. There. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. Uh, let's see. Where do I want to go? I'm going to go to Texas. Uh, I've gone back. The la- I've had a side or a total in every Texas game this year. And you want to know the record? And I believe you are three and zero. You're you darn had, right. You, you, I had, you had Maryland. The over in Maryland. The over game. in Maryland game. I had you had Tulsa. Tulsa plus the huge number. And I had and Texas. Last, last Texas last week. Uh, so this week I'm going to go back to Austin and I'm going to take TCU. Uh, okay. I, I, like I said, I was on the field. I got to, you know, go through the locker room, you know, walk through at Texas and like, you've, I, I've, I've talked plenty of times about how, you know, I, I, I know Herman and I like what he's doing. He's the right guy there and I like what he's doing. They're in the right direction. But when I went back, cause I couldn't watch a TCU game cause I was obviously at the Texas game, TCU, man, like, they have what Texas doesn't have, and it's just ultimate team speed. I, Danger, I was so much more impressed with TCU last week than I had expected to see them. I thought they would take a little bit of a step back this year. Mm-hmm. They are fast. You're, you're exactly right, and I was really impressed with them last week. And a note I found, since Mac Brown has left Texas after the 23-13 season, the Longhorns have beaten every Big 12 team at least once. Except for? Except for Coach P. All right? And now, if you don't think that this is Coach P's Super Bowl, you're on something. Okay? You're totally on something. Because this game, I'll tell you right now, means a lot to him. So the hangover effect, and we could have beat Ohio State, and this and that, I th- I throw it out. Um, I-, I love Ellinger watching him in person, man, like, he seventeen rushes last week for thirty five yards and a touchdown. <laughs> I think he had like three or four though that moved the chains. Like mm-hmm. he just does whatever is needed, and he's just, you know he's not going to blow you away statistically, but like in the spot that Texas is in, where they're just trying to win games, I I think he's great for that spot. Um, I I just think TCU has the wow factor. I think they'll frustrate Texas offensively. 
you know, where they won't be able to convert third downs. And, and that TCU big play capability is, is real. Um, they're given three. I, I'll take the road team in this spot. And, and watching the teams play and looking at them, you and I are seeing the exact same thing. It's interesting. I printed off our FPI projected margin sheet. Uh-huh. And our power ratings actually like, they actually have Texas as a four point favorite in the game. Really? So they see a completely Uh-oh. opposite of what the spread is. Uh-oh. So it, it's just something to, to file away. Can't I'm always, on the wrong can't always side. trust all the numbers. I'm against but, uh, the computers. But, but uh, again, when looking at TCU, TCU looks like the better team, but the numbers seem to like Texas. We'll see. Yeah. Bit, oh. uh, huge stretch for Texas too. Uh, they had SC. Oh, they got TCU. They go to K State where they haven't won in forever. And, forever and, they will, they and OU. then OU. So, uh, I just, I, if there's somebody to get their team back up after losing a possible win over a top five team, it's Coach Patterson and TCU. I like them in this spot more than I like Texas. And, and just when I look at the talent on the field, my second pick, I like Eastern Michigan. They're getting about 10 and a half or 11 against San Diego State. Uh, EM East Michigan lost to Buffalo last week. Go Bulls. Getting, big one getting, this week. Close. Big we'll one. Touch big, on that one exactly. later. We'll touch but, on that. Daddy two times got to weigh in on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but Eastern Michigan is, is a team, if you go back to the start of last year, defensively, they, their metrics are on par with San Diego State efficiency wise and expected points added wise. Uh, San Diego State's an offense which really hasn't done much. I know they played. They, they, they played Stanford and they played Arizona State, a couple of Pac-12 teams. Mm-hmm. But I don't know with the backup quarterback how many points they're going to put up against what what is a better defense than I think a lot of pe- people are Eastern Michigan and they're, I don't think they're really sure how good they are. But but efficiency wise, they're not bad. Um, even when Eastern Michigan loses, they're close games. Nine of their last ten losses have been by a touchdown or less. If I, if I, you can tell me I'm getting Eastern Michigan plus 10.5 or 11 with San Diego State coming off of that win last week against Arizona State, maybe a little bit of a letdown. Uh, I, I think the spot and I think some of the, uh, the, the defensive issue, the, uh, spent the defensive numbers for Eastern Michigan make them a little bit more live of a dog than the spread might indicate. So I'll take Eastern Michigan plus that, uh, 10.5 or 11, whatever, whatever that best number is you can get. Yeah. Remember, always try and get that best number. Uh, you know, every, plenty of the math guys out there talk about the key numbers and all that. We're just, we're just trying to say get the best number possible. But the thing that gets tricky now, and this is actually one thing we should discuss later on, Bear, is the idea of numbers, like how they're moving and how fast they're moving. And then Saturday, like you got to be looking at numbers. Oh, totally. When, when you get on the, when in, when you get on your chair, to start the show, those numbers are different by the time you get Correct. out of the Correct, and that was literally what happened Saturday morning when I, when we start with before we went on the air, Oklahoma State was still a, a point favorite in the game, and by the time later in the show when we started talking about that game, I noticed that all of a sudden it's completely flopped, and Boise was a favorite, and all the mother was one way action on Boise, and it turned out that, as I said on the air when Kirk asked me, what does that usually mean when everybody's betting <laughs> one side and it make one team goes from underdog to favorite? It usually tells you. It's the wrong side, and Oklahoma State wound up winning the game pretty easily. I got a bone to pick with Rodney, the director. What did he do? The camera went out when he went. To, I when know. Went I'm to on you. my final pick. It was you know because I noticed it. I know not the camera, but I, we, I noticed when uh, David was doing his breakdown tape that my team, my monitor went out. I'm like, ah, I'm sure it's just the TV, the monitor, whatever. It's fine. And then uh, I, I hear that 
America was robbed of looking at my ugly face again. So it's I say, hey, don't, don't don't kill Rod. How no, how, no, no, how no, do we tend? Do we handle it? It's been handled. It's it, it's okay. been handled. All right. Just Won't happen sure. again. Just want to make sure he should be sleeping outside in Eugene this week. That's what should be happening. Earn his keep back. Uh, I'm going to stay out west. I'm going to go down the road from you in Eugene. I should say up the road to Corvallis. Corvallis. Yes, sir. We've talked a lot about Oregon State this year on yep. how you for the season you said their their best chance at wins this year were against Arizona, Arizona State. State, but they had to go there. Yep, and, and then they had to go to Colorado. I believe Colorado. Those two teams have looked better yep. than they've. We thought they were. And Oregon be. State has looked better than I thought they would as well. Which gets me to my point. Uh, they're 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 at home. They're getting six and a half from Arizona. Arizona, obviously, plenty has been made of their start to this season. These two teams actually have a common opponent in Southern Utah. Uh, <laughs> Who knew? I think, I think Arizona <laughs> beat them by thirty-one, and Oregon State beat them by twenty-three. Oregon State came all the way back after being down thirty to seven in at Nevada last Man, you week. Missed that kick, man. Um, they're improving, uh, and they got some guys on offense. This is Jamar Jefferson, 390 yards rushing in three games. He's averaging seven yards a carry, has six touchdowns, and the receiver, Isaiah Hodgins, he, kept, he caught 14 balls last week for like 200 yards. This is a spot where I feel like Oregon State is as desperate as they're going to be to get a conference win. You got Arizona coming in. Yep. There's plenty of what, uh, holes in the armor. Um, say that again. You know the defense, and, and say one about about Tate and the offense. The defense is is non is is a wet paper napkin. So I think Oregon State scoring is going to be fine, and I think they could do enough to make Arizona, you know, uncomfortable on certain situations. Maybe put them in some throwing situations, which we know Tate is not a consistent thrower. I think Oregon State wins this game, I, and I think this is a good spot for them. Jonathan Smith uh, played against them. Uh, you never want to see anybody go winless. And I think Oregon State can do it this week. I'll say Oregon State wins 41-38. Take the points. Sprinkle a little on the money line. Let's go for Arizona's it. Arizona's been a terrible road favorite in conference games as well lately. There it's, you go. There's my numbers to back I, it up. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I like your pick there. Thank you. I'm going to go back to a team that I had last week. And didn't cover, probably deserved a little bit better of a fate. And that's you all, Monroe. Mm. Short field goal in the first half. This is getting half. a little close to the heart, right? Because yeah. don't we have a season total we, win? We, we, we do, we do, but I wasn't, right. they weren't going to win. They, were, they weren't going to win last all week. Right. All right. Short field goal, then going in, 28 yard field goal, blocked, returned for a touchdown. They're probably going to be going into halftime down seven at most. Boom, completely turned momentum there. Pick inside the fifteen late in the game, so mm. that got out of hand. They probably deserved. They 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 they, they easily could have covered, but they didn't. Question. Talk to me. Were you watching this game live on a TV or a tablet at some point? I was not watching the game live. I was refreshing the game cast okay. quite often on uh, on ESPN.com. Okay. We didn't have enough TVs on in the truck. We had a uh, we had uh, USC Texas on one yep. one screen. And I forget what the other game was at the time that we were watching as well. Uh, Alabama was on. Yeah, Alabama was on. And something, like else, something, else, something, else, something else was on. What else? And in um, our game as well. So I, right. I didn't have uh, I didn't have free space. Mm-hmm. But um, I like ULM plus the six and a half against Troy. Um, if you look inside the box score last week from Troy's win 
against Nebraska. 12 first downs, 253 yards, 10 penalties, 2 turnovers. Numbers that ordinarily mm. would not be good enough to win games. You said Nebraska turned the ball over more Huge often. punt return. And he, and he, yes, exactly. Oof. That type of offensive performance on the road uh, this week. Not going to get it not, not going to get Caleb Evans, I think, an offense is going to score some points. Remember last year after Troy went on the road, beat LSU, and everybody loves the big power of upset, they came home and lost to South Alabama as a massive favorite. Now they're a smaller mm-hmm. favorite going on the road uh, against a team whose offense can score some points. Uh, don't know if ULM will win outright, but I, but I think getting the six and a half here is a good spot. I like it. All right. We'll stay, stay with it. Stay, keep on keeping on. Uh, I'm going to go to the SEC East here for a divisional battle. I look at two teams in two totally different situations here. Vandy is hosting South Carolina and South Carolina is a two point favorite. Van, did you get to watch Vandy Notre Dame? Yes. How many chances? They should have won the game. Yeah. So now, now Notre Dame did leave some points on the board as well. Mm-hmm. I, I, someone, someone was a little upset. Kirk and myself and 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 Chris did a little, some some Facebook videos from watching the on oh. the bus on Saturday, and I basically and we were rehashing some of the games, uh-huh. and I said if Notre Dame's the eighth best team in the country right now, it's, it's not a good sign for. Now, I, I, now I, I, cried. I said their defense is really good, but they got some issues offensively that I think they need to work through. And you heard Bruce kind of echo the same thing when we when we talked to him a little bit ago. But but yeah, Vandy had every chance in the world uh, to win that game. So I'm curious to see how they. I have no feel on this game. I'm curious to to get your take. Speaking of Notre Dame, I got a couple sources saying that uh, Mr. Book might be starting. Why not? Just 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 why not? Throwing it out there. Um, let's get back to this game. So we mentioned Vandy. I, I it feels like that game in, in South Bend, and it, and it and it happens a lot. And 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 I wish I was on on the end. Actually, I don't wish we we kind of got beat handily. <laughs> when you go to Notre Dame and you let one slip away, it's one of those wins you think about a couple days later. You, re, I, I don't care who you are, because you always want to go there and and play your best and beat Notre Dame. Yep. I, I don't care if you're. Ball State, I don't care if you're USC, I don't care if you're Vanderbilt. And then on the other side, I look at South Carolina, who had to be chomping at the bit to play another game after getting manhandled by Georgia. And then you look at South Carolina, who has the game canceled because of Hurricane Florence uh, against Marshall. Marshall. Which would have been a tricky game for them. Yes. And you know people are going to say a look-ahead spot or a sandwich game because they got blown out. I look at Muschamp knowing how much he likes this team and knowing the talent he has on this team to really be able to come out here and show what they have. They're more talented than Vanderbilt. I don't care what anyone says. Yes. And they're better coached. And they're going to go out, and I think they're going to show it. Um, Like I said, they're a two-point favorite. I expect Debo Samuel to be all over the field, get as many touches as possible, the up tempo, Bentley looks comfortable in it. It just that offense. That's the problem is when you get manhandled or you go down multiple scores and you're throwing the ball, you know, side to side, and you're not getting first downs. The offense looks horrible, and that's what it's just the visual of that system, and that's what it is. But I expect an A plus effort out of South Carolina here on the road, and I think I think they win the game to, and to, cover. To back up your your thought on Will in terms of him being having a coaching advantage. Uh, if you look at games uh, in South Carolina where, where, where since Muschamp's been there, 
where the spread's been three, three and a half, one way or another, favorite underdog, kind of your your toss up games, mm-hmm. perceived equal talent. He's four and one in those games. I, so more often than not, he's finding a way or getting mm-hmm. his team to to figure it out and and, and beat a team that. Uh, is perceived to be on on the same playing field, and I still think that South Carolina defense is in a really high upper echelon in the conference. And just, I mean, Georgia has the big playability, man, and they got exposed to it. So I I lay the points with the Gamecocks there in a, in a bounce back that's that's taken longer than they expected to get back <laughs> on the field. I'm a, for my final game. I'm going to go back to Louisiana and go, follow up on a game that Bruce had mentioned earlier. And, and go Tigers. Go Tigers. And and he say and, and he even heard him say, I wouldn't think LSU is going to cover twenty one this week, and I agree. I don't think LSU is going to cover twenty one this week. I, I hit on some of the offensive problems. You got two massive wins over top ten teams. You beat Miami. You, you beat Auburn on the road. Now you got to come back. You play Louisiana Tech, who's going to be throwing the ball all over the place. High powered offense. I don't think they're going to lose outright like they did to Troy last year. How dare you bring that game up? I'm sorry, but they were a 20 point, 21 point favorite in that game as well. Sure were. Similar spot. I don't think they lose, but I, I just think you look at LSU last nine games as a 20 point favorite, two and seven against a number. Last four with Coach O, they haven't covered any of them. So that kind of goes along the lines of what Bruce was saying about his ability to motivate teams for games that they're not necessarily supposed to win. Big games, you get up for that. And then these other, the other games against overmatched opponents kind of go through the motions a little bit. Do what you need to do to win. Or in case of last year, Troy, not win. <laughs> but, um, I, again, this is, if they fail to hit 375 yards for a fourth straight game, I like my chances with, uh, with, with, with old Skip Holtz and Lot Tech to cover that 21. Um, yeah, it's love skip. Um, it's. That's, I, I believe he was on Bad Beats a couple weeks ago, wasn't he? He's the mayor of Bad Beats. Throwing throw the, throw, throw the ball late to get that cover. The texters. Um, Rustin. Uh, <clears throat> all right, so George LSU is a couple weeks away, but LSU is, is very interesting in this spot. And moving forward, like I was listening to Bruce on his podcast talk. This week about you know they even though they won those two games like nine and three is a real good season yeah. you know from what what people thought so, people thought seven and five was a real possibility or even six and six I, I'm really really interested in that Georgia LSU game because that's that's is that I mean Georgia needs that because of how hostile that's going to be and how athletic LSU is on defense to really get a feel of what they're feeling like for, you know, I would guess that upcoming SEC title game against Bama that we're all anticipating. I have two that I'm uh, – actually have three written, written down here, Bear. I'm probably okay. only going to give one more on the column, but I'd like to discuss the other two. Okay, because that's all I have written down for the column right now uh, as well, and I have two other ones that – Perfect. Um, uh, let's get into it. Um, this one's quick for me. This is Maryland. This is Maryland that read all the press clippings about how good they were starting out 2-0. They come home, face an absolutely hungry team in Temple, get their doors kicked Temple in, tough. and Temple comes in and, and dominates them. And I just feel like Maryland just thought, you know what, we're good, we're going to beat this team that's winless, and we'll look ahead to Minnesota as our first conference game. That didn't work out with that game plan. I think it's perfect for Canada to get the players' attention. Uh, Minnesota comes in with... 
Yeah, they're they're three and zero. You can't take the it away. Defense has played great, unbelievable. Um, they they the um Anikstad is going to start this week. Uh, they did lose the the running back uh, two weeks ago, but I think Maryland has more talent in this spot. I think they're better on both sides of the ball. I'll take Maryland and lay the three points here. I would I would agree with you on that one. Okay, thank you. I would agree. I, I think I think I think you're right. Um, uh, especially off of how just how awful they were last week. One of these I got to get your thoughts on because this I think this is another one that's close to the heart. But I'm thinking about giving out Michigan State at <laughs> at Indiana. I made a vow before the year. I, I said if I am about to pick Indiana, stop me. I'm not doing it anymore, and I am not doing it. I I do this not. This has nothing against the people. No, 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 absolutely not. This, this, is, you. this is Indiana. This is, you this is Indiana football, just good enough to get you beat, which is what they have been for me in the numerous times I have had them as an underdog, and they've had every chance in the world to win the game. And somehow, they not only did they not win the game, they somehow fell to cover games that they basically have in the bank. And th- this was a tempting one for me, though. I-, I had to just stay true to my to my word and and the vow that I took before the year, despite reading. Despite knowing that since 2015, Michigan State is one and nine against the number with six outright losses as a road favorite. If there's ever a spot to drag me back in to t- say take the Hoosiers plus the points, it's this week. But I'm not doing it. All right, I I'm leaning towards Michigan State, and and then num- the numbers by, the numbers by the way say Michigan State. States aside, our FBI numbers have like a like a six point difference in this game. Okay, so and and with that, it's funny you bring up those numbers because along with the South Carolina point that I made about having a week off, awful loss, and getting back to practice and working on some things, you would think you would trust Mark D'Antonio in this spot, right? Yeah, you would think so. You know, but I mean, shout out to Tom Allen, like. Indiana, a lot, I, I heard plenty of people give out Ball State against Indiana well, last week, Kirk right? Street. Uh-huh. Yeah. Work out too Herbie, well. Yeah, how'd that one work out, Herbie? He's not going to be begging for any points in that Superdog <laughs> next week. Well, I, well, how, I can't about, wait to how see about zero, that? zero. How he, he's, he's looking for a point in a game that he pushed. I said, if, if I push a game, if I, if I bet a game and Steve push, bets a game and it falls right on the number, I'm not getting anything. Exactly. It's a big fat zero. Exactly. So I can't wait to see him with double zeros up there next week. <laughs> um, but Michigan State is a is a team I'm leaning. I think it's at four, four and a half. I think it's up to five now. Ooh. All right. Uh, we'll we'll see what the line is after this yeah, podcast. I see five. I, I see right now. Right now, I see four and a halves. I, there are four and a halves out there. I see five at Westgate's, but there are okay. four and a halves out there. So you can you can go over and see our friend Johnny Avello or uh, Jay Rude, and then and, my, and take a walk over. My there other lean is, is is getting personal. Because last week I, I I I had to. Everyone, it's amazing how, and I know you've talked, we've talked about this. We're in the same predicament. We do our picks on the podcast. What we do on the column on ESPN.com is yep. official. But then we go on our TV shows that yep. we work on, and it's the toughest decision. Yep. I have to pick one of my picks no. for winners on Van Pelt. Yep. You pick three of yours yep. for game day, and pick and those percentages yep. are horrible. Yep. We just don't know which ones to yep. pick. You're right. That's what happened with me. I literally sat there last week it's, before the show trying to decide which of the four that I didn't put in the column, and I picked a wrong one. Yeah. Or, uh, and you won every other one. Well, actually, I won one and two on the board last week, and I left off Pitt, left off Pitt easy winner. winner. 
and left off uh, another uh, another winner. Uh, Hawaii was a winner. I mean, Army was a winner. Pitt was a winner. I had one other winner. I, I can't remember what it was anyway, but it went three and three. Yep. One and two on the board. And last week, my host had an apology to Rutgers because he said he'll never <laughs> give them out again. And I said, you know what? If there's ever a spot You're stealing his girl. Yeah. Yeah. I went in for it. And I just said, you know what? On TV especially, I'm going to go do that. And it's amazing when you get one pick roll. Like, I still went three and two last week. But all people want to yep. do is just let you know about the loss. Yep. And it's 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 so – like, I could give a crap less that I gave Rutgers. In the column, I wrote just because. Yes, exactly. Like, there was no – really taking it serious. Yeah. As so, Lee Corso says – Entertainment value, sweetheart. So, moving on to week four, I see a Kansas team that burned me last week in their butt-whipping of that Rutgers team that I'm done with, uh, even though that line stinks against Buffalo, which we'll touch on in a second. <laughs> but I look at Baylor. It's up to eight. They're at home. Um, we all like Rule as a, as a head coach. Yep. And, I, like, is Kansas – like, is this – are they going to win like four or five games? Because uh, I, I mean, I'm looking at I, Baylor like I, I'll I, lay the eight right I, now. I, I, I get the sense that Kansas is kind of that underdog with fleas this week. <sighs> it didn't work out too well for South Carolina a couple of weeks ago. It didn't work out for Hawaii last week either. That's and that's what that's I, what I was I, thinking. I, I just think Baylor is going to be all in for this one. So I, I would lean towards Baylor. That's a game I'm I'm kind of ticked off about that I missed last week. Like Cutcliffe as that as a dog like that. That's like that's I, that's an auto play. I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I didn't do that just based on the quarterback. Like, and, I, and, and I yeah. and I really like the uh, Britain, Jones. Yeah. Jones, the quarterback that got hurt for Duke. Uh, I really hope that we're going to need him back uh, to get that Duke over. I think. Um, but we're sitting. Yeah, I thought we were going to be one and two, and we're three say, and zero. So you got three right there. So it's uh it's it's good, but just for him, just know how how good of a like I want. to all the good players to be playing, obviously, and you know, especially I'm being selfish right here, but I want to watch the kid um, because I think he's that good of a player. Uh, leans as you hit with Rutgers Buffalo, as to quote Gorilla Monsoon, history in the making, new tag team champions. <laughs> there, there is history this week, and the Banks of the Raritan. Uh-huh. The first time ever, Buffalo is favored over loose definition Power Five team. Hey, they're a Power Five team. It's a big one. As we have Rutgers under four season wins, Buffalo oh. over six and a half wins. Hmm. Uh, a Bulls win this week probably uh, make you looking pretty good yeah. on, on on both sides of those. So, well, we need that one because Old Dominion over that one has been used to to take the piece of gum out of my mouth and put it in there, wrap it up, and and throw it out. That one's <laughs> uh, that one's going in the loss column. Other two leans. Yep. Purdue, what way does it go? Six and a half home, six and a half point dog at home like against BC, a game they should have won last week. Ridiculous replay reversal, taking away a touchdown. We're the right side every which way. That was the other game, by the way. I couldn't remember yeah. what. Are they at a point now where they're just so mad and aggravated that they play angry and finally break through and win a game? Or is it just completely disheartening the way they lost that game last week? And now it's like, really, here we go again. You, you as a player, I'm going to ask you like, if you were, if you were zero three by a combined eight points and easily could have been three and zero, 
What and you're a home dog now against a pretty good physical BC team. How are you approaching this week? You know you're a good team. It's just your records. Your records zero and three, and you're still going to be as motivated as you've been getting ready for all three of those games, if not more. When you see that ranking team coming in, rank team come in, you're swaying me. So I I I really like Purdue in this spot. I just. I said before the year BC was going to be seven and zero when Miami comes in, <laughs> and like I I don't know I'm kind of rooting for that prediction to be right now. Now, now you, no one else said that. Now you're no going one. Vital preseason magazine cover where you win either. Like Just a, one. 11, 11 different magazine covers throughout the country, and no, you, no, you'd be no. right either way. That, See, I told you Purdue would play their best game, or I told you uh, BC would be well, seven. I, I have the right I, to do I, that. I, I'm just giving you. Hard. Uh, I know. I, it's just it's just one of those that sticks out to me that I felt good about before yeah. the season, and I, I like what I see from the Eagles, but I don't like this spot for them. I really don't. It's a hard, and, and that especially happens. You go on the road early, early kick, uh, yeah. move the game a little bit up a little bit because the the hurricane. You, you beat Wake Forest, who's a good team. Mm. Now, you, now you got to go back on the road again to another power fight. Yeah, th- this one this might pop up in the column, and the other one, which you probably are going to hate. But this would solely be a numbers play. Um, SMU getting six and a half against I Navy. Saw that game. Our our FPI power power numbers have this game as a pick. Okay, and I know SMU has been terrible. Yeah, but the wow, num- that's the num- interesting. The, the numbers are telling me to play SMU against Navy. All right, uh, money line pick. Duke would have been yours last week. Uh, yeah, I should have. T- I'm, I'm mad at myself for right, that. Let's that move was... on. Let's move on. Get rid of that one. Clear the head. Money line pick. Um, something different than what we've. Uh... Yeah, I got one. Yeah, you know, I got one. I'm going to the to the to the Jim Donnan Bowl in Huntington. Mm. Give me the herd against NC State. Wow. Really? Yeah, go okay. Why not? All right. By the way, did, did, that that Troy line stinks. Oh, out loud! I, wow. I already gave that one out, so yeah, I can't I give it again. I just, I'm just. Oh, totally it. stinks. Uh, I'm gonna go UNLV. I, 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 I think I like the talent level there, and I just, I look at a touchdown. I think, why can't they win that game? Um. Uh. So Eugene, like you said, it's the Mount Everest of of college game day trips. <laughs> okay. Um. Your travel scenarios are because the this is the most important part. How are you coming home? Well, that, that's the that's the that. Now we're gonna. My wife's birthday is Saturday, so that that's a, You'll be it, in Eugene. I'll be in Eugene, and that's an issue right there. Okay, but she fully understands. She knows it's it's not a big deal. You got it. It's just me wanting to get home All to right. have take my wife to dinner and okay. So here are the options. Option number I, one. Op, option number one is. Go to Portland, PDX, yep. after the game on Saturday night. Probably get to the Embassy Suites at PDX around midnight. Get five hours of sleep or so. Okay. 6.30 flight. Okay. Through Mini. One stop. Home, 4.45 in the door. PM. Game able to work on the plane, get my notes ready for the following week, update some databases, uh, put some thoughts to paper. Okay. Have everything done by the time I get home. Mm-hmm. That way, home, shower, change, dinner, dinner, we're good. Okay. Option two. 
Let me hear it. I'm fortunate to have some friends uh-huh. who know people. Okay, what does know people mean? And know people means, uh, as your friend likes to allude to, flying proper. PJs. Correct. Take option one right now and throw it out the window. Continue with option two. Option two would be getting on that smaller, more private plane. Got it. Out of Eugene? Out of Eugene. (laughs) That's minus a two-hour drive right now. Go ahead. Landing at a connecting hub around four in the morning. Yep. Finagling my way around outside security because security won't be open at this hour and I'll be you can, lay, you can, laying you, on some chairs really no there's 24 open no, 24 hour no, places that serve no, food. no 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 sleep really at all on that plane can't sleep's do any, overrated they're in football season now i get to go regional jet yep first class regional jet <laughs> first class you got miles I, you well, got more I, status I, than anybody you know, I, I need those miles for next year come trip. on so I, 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 I go re- regional jet to Cincinnati, yeah. and then another regional jet from Cincinnati to Hartford, home in the door at one. Boom. But here, With open it. arms. See, but Honey, here, I'm here, home. Here, but here's the, then, then you know what that means? That means I'm getting my fat, you know what, upstairs. I'm going to be sound asleep for about four hours because I will have had no sleep. That's fine. I will have gotten no work done. Yes, I don't believe that. No. No way. It'll be... No, it'll, it's, it, it, that is it. Those flights after that night of, that's a, that's a no work zone. So now I'm like rushing dinner to get home to be like up until one in the morning, dead tired, working on my notes, updating my databases and my spreadsheets for, okay. for, for next week. Here you go. Here you go. All right. Here you go. Your option two with the private jet, you're minus, you're taking out a two hour drive back to Portland. Take Which that. is a brutal drive. After Horrible the game. drive. It, it, it's, it's it's bad. Awful. It's bad. It I, is, I will not be driving the vehicle. I, I don't care. That. You're still sitting in a car. <laughs> you're you're taking that out. So okay, you're getting home earlier. You could sacrifice sleep. You're still going to sleep Sunday night. Most of all, I'm going to guess your wife is over 40 years of age. She's she had plenty of birthdays before. Yes, she will still love you more than ever. If you're not 100% at dinner, take your time. You come home at 1. Honey, I'm going to lay down for three hours. She said, it's, she said it's totally my call, whatever you want to do. Oh, she, my. She doesn't care. Option two, private Which is jet, love bro. Come on. You know those. You're on them every week. <laughs> not every. That, not, come not on. Lately. That two-hour drive to Portland oh, it, is. It, it, it's pitch black. Game traffic coming out of Austin. That one winding horrible. road before you get to five. Yep. I, I think the decision's made. And you know what the problem is here? You're not going to take my advice. You're going to do option one. Well, I was, as someone who was facilitating those, the, uh, the, the trip earlier asked me for my information. I said, I'm not sure I'm doing it yet. So I'm, I'm I haven't made a full decision. <sighs> I know what it is. <laughs> and you know what it is. Uh, there, 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 there's adventures in travel this week. There it is. And you heard it, and you know I'm right. All the people know that I'm right. You never turn down a private jet as long as you live. Just remember that. All right? Uh, I do want to welcome back MC Daddy two times, Kyrie, our <laughs> producer. Congrats. Another baby. Yeah, man. Name? 
Makai. So I got Kyrie Jr. and Makai, two little boys. All right. Excellent. Everybody good? Everybody's good, yeah. How that sleep schedule, dog? Uh, that's a little rougher. <laughs> <laughs> two is different than one, bro. Yeah. Very good. Congrats, though. Thank you, man. All right. Uh, anything else? I always feel like we're supposed to do something at the end and people just let us have it. We gave out money line picks. Money line would give. Whatever. I think, I think, I think we're good. Teaser parlays maybe next week. Um, yeah. Uh, the over-unders, season totals. I think we're, I think we're done with ODU. Yeah. ODU, we're done. Central Michigan, we're off to a good start. 0-3. Buffalo, we're off to a good start. Rutgers, that Rutgers Buffalo game is huge this week. Uh, Missouri, Missouri, that that game last week, come back and get that. That one made me mad. Two other things. I told you before the year, Florida State was a wild card. You did. Um. Whoa. Uh, we also said, how bad are they? Are they going to win this week? Well, well that, that's I'm, I'm Northern glad, Illinois. I'm glad you said that because we we played the old give them a win dog type type game with Florida State running down their schedule. I I think if I think four and eight is probably like generous. Like that, that that's a really realistic record for Florida State. It's four and eight, which is amazing, and that's giving them a win this week against NIU. I don't know if they win, and saying that they beat a couple of teams on their home field that they have more talent. That I, I saw like Wake Forest is going there. Yeah, what makes you think, think they Wake, 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 Forest. Wake Forest goes there? I think BC goes there. Yeah, Eagles. Um, Florida goes there. We told you the quarterback from LSU was going to be. The quickest guy to Colt Hero yep, also. And, and, and he he's, is. He's nailed that one. Although the kicker might have him beat with all the uh, assumption donations he's, he's caused. Um, and the one other team, now they've turned into it, is I don't know what the hell's going on at Louisville. Yeah. Like they struggle. Transitional they year. <laughs> so Big time. Seven, may, that doesn't look good. That's That's one of mine. But I feel good about all my others. Really yeah, what do. So we got, I, I have these things readily accessible. To, that way, I can easily. Duke's feeling good. BC's feeling good. Say, how isn't Cal ranked? Yeah. Come on. How? How? And how's, Mich- and how, and how's Michigan State still ranked over Arizona State? Yeah. That, that, that's another one that. Yeah, Buffalo over looking good. Georgia Southern over five and a half. We'll see. Wyoming. We'll see. That could have been an awful loss last week. They, yeah. Oh my God! They nearly lose at home. Yeah, Central Michigan, Auburn under nine and a half was a massive, massive result. Yep. Uh, oh yeah. Now, because now you figure you, you, you lose Bama. Georgia, lose to Bama nine and three, you're good. Mississippi State, you never know. West Virginia action at South Point seven and a half. So seven and seven and four is an under. Yeah, it is. Or you're not going to know. Their last four, last games, four games are Texas, TCU, Oklahoma, yeah. Oklahoma State. Yep. I think so exactly. So you're, that's you're not going to know. Vandy under four and a half. Glad mm. they didn't win that game last yeah. week. I hope you're right with, with, with your South Carolina pick. Mm. Even though I, th- I think I might be on a bad side there. I think they, they're better than I thought they'd be defensively. Vandy gotta, this year, they're improved. You gotta fight. You gotta fight. All right, and then quick thought, because I have no idea. I keep looking at this game. Florida, Tennessee. What do you do? Ugh. Under? Yeah, it feels like 47. I don't. I don't know what to do in that I, game. I, 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 I really I, I, don't. I, I don't know how. Who who's scoring points? I mean, we've seen Florida against what Kentucky, only real team they faced. And speaking of Kentucky, home against Mississippi State. Is Mississippi State that good? I think they are. Okay. I, I, I think they have the second best scoring differential in the country behind Alabama. 
it, it, it's Alabama, Mississippi State, Georgia, or Alabama, Georgia, uh, Mississippi State. Uh-huh. Like they, they, they're, they're good. This is a tricky game for them because they got a stretch coming up uh, the next couple of weeks with Florida and Auburn. But we're going to learn a little bit about Mississippi State this week with Fitzgerald. And, and I've said it before, like, nationally, I don't think anybody knows Sweat and Jeffrey Simmons. And those dudes no. can play. Yeah. I'm with you there. It's a tricky game because Kentucky's, Kentucky's, Kentucky's pretty legit. good. They are legit. All right, that's finally going to do it for us here. Uh, week four picks. Colin will be out. Everybody enjoy. Bear, take us away. Unless you bet, the more you lose when you win. Bingo.